Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church, everybody. My name is Joel, and uh, we're finishing the series we've been on for the last eight weeks called The Letter of James. We've been going through the book of James together, and um, it's been so encouraging. James wrote this book to challenge and change us, and that's what I love about this book, is it slaps you in the face sometimes, and it kind of sets you right when you you get your head wrong, and uh, it's a great book, and I love that. Um, I love the just the end there. It's like, if somebody wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, they, they save him. It's so good. And it's just like, it just reminds me of that story that we heard this morning from Eleni. Wasn't that incredible to hear her story? Thank you so much for sharing that, Eleni. We appreciate you. Is, is your, um, yeah, that's awesome. Is your friend who invited you at church today? Oh, right behind, oh my gosh. Isn't that amazing? Juliet, it was Juliet? Oh man, that's incredible. Isn't that, isn't that so good that, that's, that there's opportunities around us at all times to help people who've wandered come back to Jesus? And uh, I just think that, hey, that's the reason there's a, an invite card on your seat for Easter this morning. Because every day, wherever we go, if it's school or work or whatever it may be, um, there's always an opportunity with people surrounding you who've wandered. And we have that, that opportunity to, to help bring them back to Jesus and find the love that we've found, the support that we've found, the encouragement, and, and the salvation that we find in him. Um, so take those cards. Encourage you. Something beautiful is going to happen at Easter. This Easter season is such an exciting one for us Christians. Palm Sunday next Sunday. Then we got Good Friday and uh, the sort of dark day where we talk about his death. And then Easter Sunday, that's a celebration of him coming back to life and uh, that God raised him from the dead. And so it's gonna be a great weekend. Okay, let's finish up this series together. James chapter five. Prayer, James is talking about prayer to the early believers. And prayer is a funny thing because sometimes if we're not careful, what happens is prayer is like just used to pray over dinner to bless the meal or prayer is used as a fire extinguisher we use in case of emergency, right? It's like, oh my gosh, there's a mess. We need to clean it up. We've tried everything else. Okay, this is clearly an emergency. We need prayer, okay? We need to just, there's nothing else that's gonna work. Let's pray. Yet James tells these early Christians that prayer should be like a response. Like it's just, it needs to be a habit. He's saying like, it needs to be something that we're, we're constantly operating in. And this is the last portion of the letter. And what would happen back then is as they write letters, they would end every letter um, with like a wish for help. They would end their letters with like, you know, I hope you have good health. Or we, we sort of have shortened that to like best wishes or something like that. You know, when you end an email or whatever, people put those little gifts at the bottom of their emails, little teddy bears jumping around or whatever. Um, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Like your grandma has those in her email. Um, may, uh, but, but we end with like a best wishes. And, and, and James, um, he's doing them something better than a wish for their health. He's reminding them of God's healing power in their life. 
And James being Jesus' brother, uh, he spent years with him. I mean, I would assume that Jesus was sort of like baby Yoda at home testing his powers growing up, right? He's trying little things here and there before his ministry actually began. And so James has seen some stuff, right? He, he's, James is, and, and, and he's, you know, James understands God's healing power and the, the power of Jesus that he saw operate. And he wants to encourage these early believers in that. He's like, guys, you gotta know, Jesus is, he might be not on the earth anymore, but his healing power is still here. And it can operate in all of us through his Holy Spirit that he sent to be in us. He doesn't just hope these people have good health. He's like, if Jesus is your Lord, you should expect the healing power of God in your life. And when we pray, we access the healing power of Jesus. He tells them, if you're suffering, like if you're going through ongoing pain or hardships, you need to pray. If you're cheerful, well, if you're cheerful, if life is all good, sing songs of praise like we did this morning. Why does he tell him to do that? Because uh, prayer and worship are two sides of the same coin. We're developing that same habit in our life that no matter what we're going through, we're gonna cry out to God. In need or in gratitude, we're gonna cry out to God. Either way, we gotta access the Father. Either way, we gotta turn to the Father. And if anyone is sick, call the elders of the church and pray. Well, who would the elders look like in your life? What would the context be for this in your life? Call the people in your life with the faith for the healing power of God. Call some people that believe that God heals and that are gonna pray over you in faith. Not just, okay, well, this is your end. And, well, it's good. It's good you're a Christian, you know. It's good you're on your way there. No, like when you're going through something, pray over someone who really believes that God is gonna heal you, that knows that, hey, God's gonna take care of this and we're gonna cry out to him. He's basically saying, if you guys can't make it to church, make the church come to you. If you can't go and get to church and get some prayer for what you're going over, get the church to come to you. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Yet why at times do we shy away from prayer? I've had this happen in my life where someone's asked me to pray for something they're, go they're going through and I'm so awkward and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, I heal. You know, you say it, you gotta, and you're just like scared of, of praying. We often, uh, I've heard people expressed that they don't know how to pray properly. So they're gonna leave that to the people who are prayer warriors. We've come up with this term and we've decided some people are prayer warriors and some aren't. And you just gotta go to the prayer warriors to pray. Now, some people are more passionate about this than others, and certainly that's great. And some people have more experience than others. That's great. But it doesn't disqualify or doesn't like, uh, we're not, it doesn't mean we're not allowed to pray if we don't consider ourselves a prayer warrior. Sometimes we think it's not for us because maybe our faith isn't big enough or we tried it before and it didn't work. As if we can say that prayer didn't work. See, every time you pray, something takes place in the spiritual realm. It's not your place to say it didn't work. Maybe it didn't work how you thought it was gonna work or how you proclaimed it was gonna work. It doesn't mean it didn't work. Every time you pray, God hears your prayers and something takes place in the spiritual realm. Apologize for the splash row this morning. Uh, <laughs> splash zone, sorry. Um, well, anyways. We often put all the emphasis on our role in the prayer. 
ah, like, how am I going to do it? Do I know what I do? I, am I going to say the right words? Do I have this sort of power and whatever? But does James tell us that it's a specific thing and, we, and it's like, you know, it's all about you? That the healing's going to come because of how you do it? No. James says the Lord will raise him up. It doesn't mean that we don't consult doctors. It doesn't mean that, you know, like, I mean, when, when someone gets healed, you, we're still gonna praise God for it if they went through the medical system. We know that the Holy Spirit, first of all, gave people those gifts to do those things. But second of all, the Holy Spirit can continue um, to guide those people as they work through. through so it doesn't mean we're, we're throwing away the medical system. God can heal through doctors and nurses and medicine or whatever it may be. But, it's encouraging that we don't just have that to rely on, that we also have the supernatural healing power of God. And James is telling him, hey, you guys have this. And our job as believers is to pray prayers of faith when we're suffering, weak, sick, or in need, or someone else is. And what happens? We pray for the person and we trust God with the outcome. Pray for the person, be obedient in that. That's what James tells us to do says, if you see a need, you pray for it. If someone's sick, pray for them. And then you trust God with the outcome. We, don't often pray, we often don't pray because we can't control the outcome. Like Eleni was talking about this morning. Like she, she wanted to control certain things. We, we do the same thing. We pray because, you know, we don't pray because we're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. In other words, like we can't control what's gonna happen. So maybe we're not gonna pray. We cannot control how God saves someone. He is God. Trust him to save people the way he promises he will in his word. Our job is to be obedient to the scripture and to pray the prayer of faith. To pray that God, you're gonna come through. God, you're gonna heal the sick. And when you pray, you strengthen people in their sickness and their weakness, whatever it may be. And this is the encouraging power of being part of the church, that we are surrounded by believers that we can ask to come and pray for us and that we can pray for and we can see the healing power of God take place in so many people's lives. Man, it's, it's good to have people of faith in your life. It's great to have the community of, of the, 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 the community of the believers to rely on, the people in church that have this same power, this same strength within us that when we, 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 we're obedient, we pray God will come and do something. I wanna ask you this morning, what do you have faith for because of your experience with God? What is it that you've seen happen in your life that God has opened your eyes to some things and you just start praying for some people so that they'd be strengthened in their trial or in their trouble or in the problem that they need solved? What is it that God has done in you that maybe you've kept to yourself, but God is calling you to pray for people and to have faith, to pray the prayer of faith so that they would be strengthened in their weakness. I'll give you an example. I've recently been included in this awesome group of new pastors that I'm, I'm this new network that I've been a part of. And it's, it's been incredible just to, to be with each other. And, and uh, as we share together and talk through the different things that are going on in our churches, um, a lot of the people in my group were expressing needs for a building. They needed a building and they're like, our church is great, but we need a building. We're getting up at 4.30 in the morning and we're setting up and people, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and we need God to put us somewhere. Or they're like, I have a building, but it's tucked back in somewhere. And it's not big enough and it's falling apart and I need God to come through for this. You know, it's incredible that as they started to share this, 
my faith started to rise up within me as they're sharing these needs because of what I've seen God do in our building here in this corner of the two of the busiest streets in our city. It was amazing to see God bless us, God take care of us, and, and, and God to put us on this busy corner. And what happens is, as they're sharing this need, my faith is being built for them. Then I was able to pray prayers of faith saying, God's gonna do it for you just like he did it for me. What's going on in your life? Where have you seen God work that you need to start strengthening other people in their need because you have a faith from what you've seen God do? I'll give you, I'll give you another example. Uh, my, every time I hear about somebody with some sort of heart issue, oh, it stirs something in me. Because I saw doctors and nurses work and the healing power of them on my little niece who had serious heart issues when she was a kid. And not only did they do their work, but then God miraculously took care of other issues that were in her heart after the work as well. And so every time somebody talks about a heart issue, it's so easy for me to pray a prayer of faith because I've seen God do it in my little niece, Alice. And what's God done in your life? Where have you been strengthened that you could strengthen other people? Where have you seen God working in your life? Is it healing? Is it financial provision? Is it relational healing? We can strengthen each other. And the promise of God is this. The prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. Your job isn't to heal. Your job is to be obedient and pray the prayer of faith. And if it doesn't work, or let's say this, if it doesn't work the way you thought it was supposed to work, that's on God, not on you. Because again, we take the blame or we go, oh, I must have done something wrong if it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Just trust God with that. Don't get messed up about it. Don't let it stop you from praying in the, in the future. Go pray the prayer of faith. Just because we prayed a certain way doesn't mean God has to answer it that way. What I find is, is here's where I get off, uh, like where I get off track in, in prayer, is that, um, and I've seen this in other people too, is that we see a need happen. We see something come up and, and, and um, we think, okay, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to be full of faith, so I'm going to pray this prayer. I'm going to pray for this person, pray for this need, whatever it may be. And we get off track because we're just praying for deliverance from the problem. So we're just saying, God, would you kill this problem? Would you take this problem away from this person? And we forget to pray, God, would you give us the strength to endure this problem? This whole letter, James is writing to these early Christians, why? To challenge and to change. He wants to mature them. He wants to bring them to completion in, in their matureness, in their following Jesus. He wants them to be strong followers of Jesus. And often if God answered our prayers the specific way that we've asked him to, we would remain immature as believers. But here's what a good father does. A good father does not want to keep his children immature. How many parents would like their child to wear diapers for the rest of their life and cry and scream when they don't get their way and whatever, all the throw their spaghetti all over the floor? Dear Lord, the hours I spend cleaning up our kitchen table. You know, parents, are you with me? Are we struggling together? Are we fighting the good fight of faith that one day they will mature? We 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 pray prayers that God would deliver us. But James is like, God will strengthen you. We want God to strengthen and mature us so that when the next thing comes, oh, God will just, I, I can handle this. 
whatever it may be, my faith doesn't waver. I can walk through this. I've seen God take care of me before. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus is uh, informing Peter that he's going to betray him. And he says, Satan demanded to have you that, you might, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not pray, may not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus prays for Peter's faith, not his deliverance. He, he's not like, oh God, would Peter not betray me? He's like, you're gonna do it. Like, you're gonna do this, Peter. I know, I've been hanging with you the last three years and you are a silly boy sometimes, okay? You do some silly stuff. But I, I, wanna, I want your faith to not fail. And, and as you are strong in your faith, you're going to strengthen other people through that. Keep going. What kind of prayers have you been praying? How do, how do we pray prayers of faith? We trust God how he will answer. We pray prayers of faith like this. We pray with confidence in the person and the word of God. So you need to get the word of God into your heart, the promises of God into your heart for whatever situation you're going through and know that the word of God reflects the person of God. That you don't have to manipulate God using specific words. You just need to get his promises into your heart and that's how you pray the prayer of faith. Get, the, get his promises into your heart. That by his stripes, you are healed. Stuff like that. You don't have to use specific words. What you have to do is you have to get your heart right about what God will do in your life. Prayers of faith first come from the heart before they come out of your mouth. And people will shy away from prayer because they don't want to say the wrong thing or they, will, they won't even pray to God about what they're actually going through because they don't want to get it wrong. But what we, do, what we need to do to develop faith in our hearts is start getting the word of God in there, not our experiences, not what some YouTube guy said, you know, not, you know, not some dark whatever YouTube. Anyways, that was a tangent. But, but we need to get, get the word of God in your heart and it'll start to come out of your mouth. The prayer of faith comes from a confidence in the person and the word of God, not a confidence in yourself. And so sometimes we think, I have to be confident first. I gotta make sure. It comes in from a confidence in God, not a confidence in yourself. There's different kinds of prayers that we can pray for all different kinds of situations we're going through. But when we're praying for sickness or weakness, hey, we need prayers of faith. And what's James say? The prayer of faith will save. That's the promise. So what is the weakness in your life right now? Pray. Pray prayers of faith over that and God will save you. God will lift you up. What have you allowed in your heart that's hindering your faith? Hey, it's not just a, about sickness and we'll get into that a little bit later because James goes to talk about Elijah who wasn't, what he was praying for wasn't about sickness. But I just think our faith needs to grow a little bit. That, you, you know, how often, I feel like every week, 
I was hearing about how the world's going this way and the world's going that way. Yeah, let's talk about what God's doing. How about what God's doing in his church? How about the renewal that God is doing in his people? How about the fact that everywhere you go, you have an opportunity to bring the light of Christ wherever you go. The world's always gonna be dark. Are you, are you gonna allow your, your lightness to go into that dark or are you just gonna blend in with the darkness? What have you allowed into your heart that's hindering your faith? What's gonna hold you back from praying prayers of faith? So often, I think the undertone of even what I've been saying this morning is it's fear. We don't pray because we're afraid it won't work or because we're afraid that we're gonna say the wrong thing or, or whatever. We're afraid of what people will think of us. Oh, Lord, how many hours have I wasted running my head through what did, I said that in this moment and I, what are those people gonna think of me? It's fear. But when we come back to Jesus, we learn his ways from his word. And we experience the person of his Holy Spirit, not just in this one hour experience together, but in and through our daily lives. What will happen as we draw near to Jesus, as we experience his love? What does his word say? There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out that fear that's in your heart. Fall in love with Jesus. Be in love with his presence and his word. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So draw near to Jesus experience his love, and this will drive away the fear that builds up in us. Part of this process is just surrounding ourselves with the right people. That we, that James tells us, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. You need some people to confess to. Please don't use your social media for that. Please don't go to work, lunch table, stand up. Guys, I'm gonna talk about my sin. Don't worry. All of a sudden, you know, why'd you guys take such a long break? Well, he was confessing his sins for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> but you just need a few of the right people that you can confess and pray with. There's healing that comes when you do these things. And healing is a never-ending, ongoing process. It's, we're always going to need a few good people in our life that we can pray with and that we can confess to. Healing is an ongoing prayer. We never get a place where I'm, I'm fully whole. Ah, oh, it's perfect. I'm, I've healed up every single thing. God's desire for your life is that you would be free and freedom comes from confession. You know, there's things that we struggle with for years and just a simple confession to somebody could help start that process of freedom. Confession brings freedom. Prayer brings healing. It's interesting that there's a, there's a, you, you can't just pray over it and be free. James is like, hey, if we're gonna do this together, if we're gonna be these, these Christians, these followers of Jesus, we're gonna need to be there for each other. And we're going to need confession. There's power. There's, there's freedom in that. And then we pray. And prayer brings the healing. What have you been holding on to? Simply because you don't want to tell anyone about it. Or maybe you don't know how to tell anyone about it. We often carry a heaviness in life because we just don't know who to talk to or how to talk to them about it. Maybe you need freedom from just a lack of faith today. Maybe you need freedom from some major mistake that's been weighing you down, holding you back. 
just on your shoulders. How you, maybe how you treated someone. You just treated someone poorly and it's been messing with your head. Maybe you need freedom from an ongoing habit or from a vice that you've turned to whenever you're in pain. Or you're just feeling a heaviness all the time. We all need freedom because we're all human. Talk to someone about it. Allow someone into this part of your journey. And Jesus gave us a great formula for it in the garden. We talked about it last week. He gives us such an awesome formula for talking to people about the things that you're going through. When he's in the garden of Gethsemane, the night before he dies, he's got his 12 disciples with him, but he separates from the 12. Thank God we don't need 12 people to tell about the messed up stuff in our lives. Amen? And he takes the three closest ones. He's like, guys, I, I'm going through something. Now, he didn't sin, but he was sorrowful. The Bible says he was sorrowful and troubled. He's like in this intense moment. And he's like, guys, I need to talk about it. Jesus modeled this perfectly for us. Get a couple good people that you can talk to. Even Jesus needed and people to talk about his weaknesses with. And in the most distressed moment of Jesus' life, he brought his close friends into his pain and he instructed his disciples to tap into their most powerful resource. It wasn't him, it was prayer. Pray. Jesus needed, Jesus needed the strength of his disciples in that moment. It's like, pray for me, I, I need you. He understood the power, the strengthening power that comes from people praying with whatever we're going through. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We're, we're strengthening, we're building each other up. Prayers of strength, pr sorry, prayers of faith strengthen people of faith. Prayers of faith strengthen people of faith. And James goes on to say, the prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working. That's awesome that he's telling us when you pray, it's powerful. But it's funny how, especially, you know, in my, I would say earlier years, but I see this so often and it doesn't really matter how old you are or where you're at, we'll get this wrong. We'll interpret this wrong. Because we will read this. Instead of reading the prayer of a righteous person has great power and it's working, we read the prayer of a self-righteous person has great power and it's working. We'll, we'll think that we're not holy enough because we know all of our issues. So we got to find a real holy person to pray for us. Can I just tell you this morning, God hears your prayers based on your faith in him, not your moral behavior. Now, do we need the fear of the Lord? Absolutely. Do we, we want to do right in his eyes. Absolutely. But don't hold yourself back based on uh, where you are in your sanctification process or where even the people around you are in their sanctification process. So how do we know, how do we know who the righteous people are to get to pray for us. We're gonna have a little exercise this morning to figure this out. Is that, is that okay? Can we do that? Can we loosen up a little? Okay, all right. So we're gonna figure out who the righteous people are in the room. Are you ready? All right. So take a moment, look around. 
You might be figuring it out already. Look around, everybody. Go ahead, look around, look around. Okay, we're gonna figure out who they are. We're gonna even point them out this morning. Okay, are you ready? Okay, I'm gonna start to give you some hints if you can't figure it out on your own. Okay, the righteous people in the room, they're bald. Okay? Righteous people in the room, another hint, they have long hair. The righteous people in the room are female. The righteous people in the room are male. The righteous people in the room are black. The righteous people in the room are white. And they're everywhere in between those things. The righteous people in the room have been here a thousand times. The righteous people in the room have been here six times. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We are all righteous. Yes. Every believer in the room is righteous. If you believe in Jesus, he considers you righteous. But we got to start looking at ourselves that way. Come on this morning. Say, I am righteous. I am righteous. You just said you're righteous. You know what that means? Your prayers are powerful and effective. When you pray, it is powerful and effective. When you believe in God, you will act in faith. And you might think, well, I know, but there's still all this stuff going on. And this is the beauty. I love what James does here. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently. Elijah was a man who showed up late for work. Elijah was a man who maybe cussed somebody out when he cut him off with his camel in front of him. <laughs> Elijah was a man, we can go on, whatever it is. Elijah was the man that said the wrong thing sometimes. Elijah was the man that let people down. Elijah was the man that double booked himself. Elijah was a man who maybe, whatever it might be. Elijah is just like you and I, and look at the powerful incredible power of God that's displayed when he prayed fervently. No rain for 3.5 years. And then he prayed and the rain came. Could we all as a church try something and fervently pray for no snow next winter in the name of Jesus together. Pray fervently prayers of faith. Elijah was a regular person like you and I. And Elijah prays to the same God that you and I pray to. And look at the power of God that takes place on earth through Elijah's prayer. It says he prayed fervently, passionately crying out to God in faith. And God heard his prayer. Elijah, again, Elijah was praying for other things besides sickness. And so while James is addressing sickness here, which we should be encouraged about, what is it in your life that you need the power of God to work, to go before you, and to do something miraculous to take place? You can be encouraged by Elijah's story. My guess is, if your life is anything like mine, we probably pray over way too little in our lives. And Henry Nouwen said this, the only way to pray is to pray. And the only way to pray well is to pray much. As we take part in the process of the prayer of faith, we must remember the beginning of the scripture. James says, are you suffering? Pray. Are you cheerful? Praise. What's he trying to do? 
build the habit in our life that no matter how things are, we turn to God. If they're great, give Him thanks. If they're difficult, pray. Ask Him to come in. This is a reminder of who to turn to no matter what our situations look like. Don't forget to celebrate when God answers your prayer, and He will. Paul says, pray in all things. This is how we develop the habit. If you're suffering, pray. If you're cheerful, praise. Hey, something that's helped me is this acronym ACTS, like the book of ACTS, A-C-T-S. Pray adoration, A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication. ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. God, we love you. God, this is what we've done. This is what we're going through. God, thank you for all you've done. And then God, come in and be a part of what's happening. This will help us develop a robust, beautiful prayer, life, and language. Prayer will strengthen you. It doesn't have to be a fire extinguisher. Use of in case, in case of emergency. And then James ends this wonderful letter with the, the, the purpose of this whole book with these few lines. He says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. That sometimes we wander, and this is our job as believers together, is to help the wanderer come back home. And you could just have wandered in just your view towards God, but you could have just wandered in your faithfulness as well. I just wanna encourage you today, if you've wandered, and God loves you so much, he'll save you, he'll cover you. When we wander, our temptation is to sort of uh, isolate ourselves, to cover it up, and to deal with it alone. And this leaves us in a bigger mess than we started with. Uncover it, and what'll God do? He'll be faithful, he'll come and cover it up, he'll come and take care of it. Confess it to someone so you can get freedom. Pray so that God can heal. Hey, would you stand right now? I just wanna give you a moment to just be with God before we go back to the busyness of life and the chaos that is outside of these walls. And uh, the thing is, is that it doesn't have to be chaotic. You can be busy and have a full schedule and have all sorts of things going on and still experience God's peace and God's presence throughout your life. But I wanna take a moment right now that if you're going through something and you need the power of God to come in and to save something, that you just pray on your own to Him and invite Him into that. But also if God is doing something great, why don't you take a moment right now and just thank Him for that. Thank Him for His goodness and His faithfulness. Let's go ahead. Thank you, Lord.
Holy Spirit, thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you that you go with us from this room. I pray for a fresh hunger within us to desire more of your word in our hearts and more of your presence in our lives. God, we wanna know you more. We don't want this to be the moment, the singular moment we experience you this week. We want this time together to whet our appetites and make us hungry for what you wanna continue to do in us this week and in the life to come, in the days to come. And so Father, would we draw near to you as the week goes? Would we invite you into our troubles and thank you for the triumphs? And now I wanna pray for anyone who's considers yourself with this scripture that James said, you've wandered from the truth. That right now, you know that you're not living for Jesus. That you haven't surrendered your life to him. It costs nothing and it also costs you everything. And today I want to give you an opportunity to do as the Bible says. You believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Now it's time to confess him with your mouth. And what we're going to do as your church community is we're going to pray alongside of you in agreement with you making this decision, whether you're in the room or online. Come on, let's pray this prayer together to accept him into our hearts, to come back. We've wandered from the truth and now we're here in his presence, experiencing his truth and confessing we will live for him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross to pay for my sin. From now on, I live for you. I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for what God's done in the room today. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.